Hi, this is Mark Brady. I'm the pastor at Anchor Faith Church in Valdosta, Georgia. I want to thank you for listening to our podcast today. We believe it will bless you and minister to you. I get ready to receive a word from God. Tonight, I'm going to be talking about, well, the title of my message is The Anatomy of a Believer. And tonight, we're going to talk about a few different aspects of it, but at the end, I'm going to string it all together. Amen. Hallelujah. So, if you don't mind starting with me, uh, please turn in your Bibles to Romans chapter 12, verses 1 and 2. I'm going to be doing, uh, reading out of the English Standard Version for most of it. Uh, One of my verses is going to be out of the King James Version, just because I like the way it's worded. But, um, yeah, I'm old-fashioned, so when y'all have it, say amen. (laughs) I hear amen, so I'm going to wait for y'all to find it. (laughs) Okay, so like I said, tonight I'm talking about the anatomy of a believer. And the first thing I'm going to start with is, of course, the mind. How many of you know that, you know, the starting point for every single thing that we do is within the mind? Like we can't move unless our mind has the notion to make us move. We can't do anything unless our mind gives us the notion or gives us the unction that's a word I believe Pastor Mark used last week to to do. Amen. And so when we give our life to Christ, how many of you remember that moment you you decided to follow Christ? Let me see your hands. If you remember that moment, you remember where you were, you remember what you were going through. <laughs> Thank you, Mr. Nick. Um, at that moment. It's safe to say that you made a decision in your mind that you were going to follow Christ. Amen. So, like I said, everything that we say or do begins as a thought. And then that thought turns into action. So you made the decision in your mind. You're going to give your life to Christ. You're going to surrender over to it. So you made the action of actually doing that, of surrendering to him. And Romans 12, verse 1 and 2, I realize. I didn't give that to you, Josh. Oh, you have it? Awesome. Can you bring it up, please, sir? Because I forgot to write it down. Yeah, that's too small back there, so I'm be looking at this with y'all. Romans 12 and 1 says, I appeal to you, therefore, brethren, by the mercies of God, to present your bodies as a living sacrifice, holy and acceptable to God, which is your spiritual worship. And verse 2 says... Do not be conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewal of your mind, that by testing you may discern what is the will of God, what is the good and acceptable, what is good and acceptable and perfect. So like I said, it all started with that decision that you made. It all started with your decision to uh, surrender to Christ, right? And so from that point, we have to begin to take captive our thoughts. And it's like Pastor Mark said a few, uh, a, weeks, a few weeks ago. You know, it's not a sin to have a negative thought. I don't want anybody to get confused about that. It's not a sin to have a negative thought because we're human, we're flesh. It's just going to happen from time to time. But what we have to learn to do is take captive of those thoughts. Amen? And it says in 2 Corinthians 
5 and 10, uh, excuse me, 10 and 5. I'm nervous, so if I mix stuff up, y'all just forgive me. I will edit it out, and it will be like it never happened. But uh, 2 Corinthians 10 and 5 in the English Standard Version says, We destroy arguments and every lofty opinion raised against the knowledge of God and take every thought captive to obey Christ. And like I said, this ties into one of Pastor Mark's messages from not too long ago. That doesn't mean that you won't have negative or discouraging thoughts. What this means is, is that when we have these thoughts, we have to put them up against the word of God. What that means is, if it is in contrast with God's word, then we have to shut it down with God's word. Amen. And Second Timothy 2 and 15, the King James Version. I'm going to be jumping around a lot tonight, so... Y'all can follow if you want to. 2 Timothy 2.15 in the King James Version says, Study to show thyself approved unto God, a workman that needeth not to be ashamed, rightly dividing the word of truth. And so, the way we take captive our thoughts, like I said, is that we have to put it up against the word of God. And the only way we can do that is we have to know and begin to read and apply the word of God in our lives. Amen? And so, yeah, I'm a little unorganized. Y'all forgive me. Uh, Just to give an idea of how important that verse is, let's backtrack to verse seven, excuse me, verse seven in 2 Timothy 2. And it says, think over what I say, for the Lord will give you understanding in everything. So, Proverbs 4 and 7 mentions also, in all you're getting, get understanding. So, to recap, everything that is involving the mind, I'm going to be going to a few different areas. But to recap, our journey as believers started with a thought and a notion to walk with, a thought, notion, and a decision to walk with and live for Christ. And from that point... We have to start taking our thoughts captive with the word of God. And the only way we can do that is by studying his word and becoming familiar with the voice of God. And to that, I ask you, whose voice are you listening to? Because how many of you know that along with the voice of God, there's many other voices that are speaking to us. But after we begin to study the word of God, we learn to recognize the voice of God in our life. So the scripture says in Romans ten seventeen. again, I'm using the uh, English standard version. So faith comes from hearing and hearing through the word of Christ. Like I said, after we begin to study the word of God, we learn to recognize the voice of God in our life. And so it's important that we recognize the voice because he's not the only one speaking. There's doubt that can speak to us. There is defeat that can come up and try to speak to us. The enemy will whisper whatever he needs to whisper to us. And the funny thing is, is that a lot of the stuff he whispers, he doesn't come up with. He just plays off of what we're already thinking. And that goes back to what I was saying earlier, how we have to take our thoughts captive and apply them to the word of God. And if they can't stand with the word of God, they have to be torn down by the word of God. Amen. And so it also says in John 10 verses one through five. I'm sorry, I skipped way ahead. But uh, yeah, Romans 10, 17. So faith comes from hearing and hearing through the word of Christ. And it's funny that God sent me to this scripture because a few days ago, I use this app from time to time called Time Hop. 
And what Time Hop does, anybody familiar with Time Hop? Most of us use it. You know, what it does is it will show you the things that you posted on social media from like maybe a year or so ago, five years ago. It showed me something that I posted about 10 years ago. And it said something along the lines of, it's dangerous when we mix up our thoughts and God's voice. And the thing is, is that a lot of times when, we're, when we don't study God's word, when we're not into God's word the way that we should be, we learn we don't learn to recognize his voice. We don't learn what his voice sounds like. So what we end up doing is when he does speak to us, we kind of mix it up with our own thoughts instead of taking the time out to figure out what God is saying to us. And that is a dangerous word. That is a very, very dangerous thing. And it will lead you to a life that you do not want to be in. Trust me, because I did it. I was not in the word like I was supposed to be. I was going to church every Sunday you know, doing the standard Christian thing, you know, helping out on Wednesday nights, doing all this stuff. I was still singing from time to time, but I was not in the word of God the way that I should have been. And because of that, it led me to some very unfortunate situations that could have been avoided if I had just taken the time out to listen to God and see what he was saying to me in the first place, learning his voice. And so, Like I said, it's important that we recognize the voice of God because his voice is not the only one speaking. And so we can go over to John 10, verses 1 through 5, again in the English Standard Version. And it says, Truly, truly, I say to you, he who does not enter the sheepfold by the door, but climbs in by another way, that man is a thief and a robber. But he who enters by the door is the shepherd of the sheep. To him, the gatekeeper opens. The sheep hear his voice, and he calls his own sheep by name and leads them out. When he has brought out all his own, he goes before them, and the sheep follow him, for they know his voice. A stranger they will not follow, but they will flee from him, for they do not know the voice of strangers. How can you say that you follow God? Thank you. (laughs) How can you say that you follow God and you don't know his voice. If you don't know God's voice, then who are you following? That is the question. And so it's important that we recognize God's voice in our lives. And I know I'm repeating that a lot, but that's because it's important to know that. That's one of the driving things about our Christian faith is to recognize the voice of God, recognize when he is speaking to us because there's places he wants to take you and things that he wants to he wants to do through you. But he can't do it if you're not listening. He can't do it if you're hard headed and you don't hear his voice. And so it's important that we recognize God's voice in our life because what he says changes how we see. And so what that means is what God says doesn't always immediately change our situations or circumstances, but it changes the way that we see it. And what I mean by that is if God is is talking to you, if God is ministering to you about something, like let's say, for example, let's say, Chase, you're in a boxing match, right? Yeah, I know you don't box, but just for... Just for giggles, let's say you're in a boxing match and I'm your coach. You're probably going to lose, but just for the example, you're in a boxing match, right? And I'm hyping you up, telling you, you know what? This, what you're facing right now, you got this. 
you know, watch out for his jab, watch out for, you know, his, his body shots, watch out for all this stuff. And I'm hyping you up. You got this, you got this, you got this. And then you go into the, into the ring, into the match, and you see you're facing Mike Tyson. But the thing is, because I told you, because I hyped you up, saying you got this, he's nothing, he is already defeated, you know, da-da-da-da-da, you go in with a mindset that you already are going to win, right? And the thing is, is that no matter how difficult or crazy our situations may be, once we begin to listen to the voice of God and we begin to study his word and see what he says about what we're going through, we see it in a whole different light. We see it in a light that says, you know what? You may be big, but my God is bigger. You may be strong, but my God can move mountains just by speaking. You may be whatever, but my God is always more than whatever that situation is. Amen? And so your perspective and your vision changes when you know what God says. And I love what uh, Jerry Ann spoke about on Sunday about seeing things through the lens of faith. There's a lot of times when we go through things, we don't apply the lens of faith. I will be the first to admit that, you know, sometimes when I'm facing trials and tribulations, I don't immediately see, th- see things through the words, through the lens of faith. I tend to see things through frustration. I tend to see things through uh, uh, doubt. And it's funny how we doubt God, even though he's brought us through stuff before. That does not, I, don't, I need somebody to make that make sense to me. How do we doubt God after he's already done greater things before? It's almost like the situation ahead of us seems bigger than what was before. It's like, God, you did this before, but I don't know about this. You, you brought me out of this one. You delivered me from this, but you know, this, is, this is different, God. I don't know. I don't know. But like I said, Jerry Ann spoke Sunday about putting on the lens of faith. That way, no matter what you face, you know what God says. No matter what you face, you already know that you are victorious. You already know that God is already going to deliver you out of it. Amen? And so, when you spend time in prayer and in his word, you begin to see adversity as an opportunity. And that's something that I definitely believe we need to apply every single day. Whenever we're faced with something, don't look at it as adversity. Look at it as an opportunity for God to do a miracle. Look at it as an opportunity for God to work something out in your life. Look at it as an opportunity for God to get the glory. Amen? And so, in 2 Corinthians 5 and 7, it's one of my favorite verses. It says, for we walk by faith and not by sight. And I say that to say, don't let what you see make you forget what God said. And that ties into everything that I've been talking about before, making up your mind, taking those thoughts captive, taking them captive by studying the word of God, learning what God says, hearing the voice of God. And through hearing the voice of God, you begin to see things differently. And when you see things differently, like I said, don't let what you see make you forget what you know God has already said. Don't let your present state cause you to forget God's promise. Amen. And so I know a lot of times we do that. A lot of times, yeah, I'm sweating a lot. I'm sorry. I, I sweat by default. I can't help it. Can I get some tissue? Somebody. Yes. Thank you. 
See, God knew what he was doing when he told you to sit on the front row. But um, here's the thing about God and why it's important not to forget what God says. Because when God speaks, it has to happen. If you think about in Genesis, God said, let there be light. And there was light. There's so much power within God that all he has to do is speak. So, And we know that God can't lie. So everything that he says has to be true. So if he says something, it doesn't have a choice but to come to pass, right? So going to Isaiah 55, verses 10 and 11, it says, and this is one of my favorite scriptures as well. It says, for as the rain and the snow come down from heaven and do not return there, but water the earth, making it bring forth and sprout, giving seed to the sower and bread to the eater. Watch this, my favorite verse. So shall my word be that goes out from my mouth. It shall not return to me empty, but it shall accomplish that which I purpose and shall succeed in the thing for which I sent it. And just echoing Pastor Mark from a few uh, weeks ago, he said, God's word coming out of our mouth is just as powerful as it is coming out of his. And just for clarification, that's not saying that, you know, we are equal with God because we are nowhere near being on the same level as God. I am definitely one of the lowest people away from God. There is like there's millions of people that's probably closer to God than I am. Probably most of the folk, most of y'all in here may be closer to God than I am, but we're not even close to being on his level, but that's just how powerful his word is because it's his word, no matter who says it. It does not matter who says it. It's God's word, so it has to happen. It has to come. It has to come to pass. And so I was thinking about that as I was, you know, getting my message together and I thought about um, something that I saw a few years ago and it was a play and then everybody knows who Tyler Perry is right Medea it was a Medea play I was watching that's where I got this from but and it was said as a joke but it was the truth and it kind of it kind of blessed me when he said it and he was talking about uh, God being the word and you know it says in the in the beginning God was the word word was with God and before God spoke nothing, basically nothing existing. And so what Medea said was, you know, when God speaks, when the word speaks, he speaks in past, present, and future tense. So that means when God says, when God said that you are healed, that means you are already healed. That means you are currently healed. And that means that you will continue to be healed. Amen. So, and that just kind of helped resonate just how powerful and how amazing God's word is. If just to think him saying it, him saying a simple word, spoke it in past, present, and future tense. When the word speaks words, just imagine, well, try to imagine all the power that God contains. Like it's kind of hard for me sometimes, just to wrap my mind around just how great God is, just how awesome God is. Just awesome enough to say a word and it happens. But he said, let there be light and there was light. So 
I guess it's not as far-fetched as we like to think it is sometimes. But anyway, I got way off subject. But that's why it's important to declare his word in your life. Because like I said, it doesn't matter who says it. If you speak God's word, that's just how powerful his word is. It has to be. It has to come to pass. So moving on to Proverbs 18, verse 20 and 21. From the fruit of a man's mouth, his stomach is satisfied. He is satisfied by the yield of his lips. Death and life are in the power of the tongue, and those who love it will eat its fruits. And to that, I say, watch your mouth. Watch your mouth. If you notice, every area I go to, there's something, there's a question, a statement that applies it. So I say, watch your mouth. And I have a story to tell, and he knows exactly what story I'm about to tell. I hope he doesn't kill me for telling it, but it, it, it perfectly applies. So... Uh, <laughs> don't know where to start with this. So I had a dream one night that, uh, yeah, you know where I'm, you know what story. I had a dream one night that I was over at uh, Andre and Ann's house. And when I got there, I walked in and Pastor Caleb and Pastor Crystal were there. And they were all sitting in the living room. Ann was in the kitchen. And I walked in and I saw her. She, I don't think she had turned and saw me, but I saw her and I looked and she was eight months pregnant. She was not pregnant at the time. She was eight months pregnant in my dream. And I didn't know exactly how I knew she was eight months pregnant. She didn't say it, but it's just like I saw her and I was like, hey, that's eight months. And I knew that she was pregnant with a boy, too. So. After I got over the shock of the dream and I woke up, I. uh Ended up going over to their house one time, one night, and uh, I told them the dream. And, you know, we joked and, and laughed about it. And after a while, you know, I would make the joke, you know, get ready. There's a baby coming. You're pregnant. She was like, she was completely against it. Like, no, don't stop saying that. And, like, it was funny the first few times. But then after a while, I saw that it was, like, getting to her. So I eased off a little bit. And then that weekend, I remember it was Saturday. Just like the setup in my dream, I was at their house and Pastor Caleb and Pastor Crystal came over and I told them the dream. And, you know, we all had a laugh about it. We all joked and, you know, they started saying, you know, that she was pregnant and stuff like that. Like it, we were making a joke out of it. But then the thing is, and I probably shouldn't have said this. This is one of the things that, you know, you look back at it and it's like, you know what? That was probably not the greatest idea. I was joking around, and this is why I say watch your mouth, because as I was joking, I looked at her and I said, we speak life into that uterus right now. <laughs> Lo and behold, she is pregnant with twins. They blame me for that. It's not fully my fault. It's not my fault. And the funny thing is you figure I would have learned by then, because that's actually the Second time that has happened, the first time was with these two right here, Rebecca and LaDon. I will never forget. It was Father's Day of 2018. After service, he was in the back with the kids. And, um, you know, we were talking around and joking. And I said, happy future Father's Day. And he looked at me kind of crazy. But I was like, you know what? By this time next year, I, th I believe you're going to have kids. So I'm going to go ahead and speak it right now. Happy. I didn't catch that. I didn't catch that when I initially said it. I didn't catch it. I said kids. 
But I say, I believe by this time next year you're gonna have you're gonna have kids. So I'll say, you know, happy future Father's Day. Lo and behold, a few months later, Rebecca was pregnant with twins. So I have learned to watch my mouth, and don't worry, I have not had any dreams about anybody else in here being pregnant. Hopefully, I don't have any dreams about anybody being pregnant. I know when Anna was pregnant with Philip, she came up to me, and she was like, why didn't you tell me this was going to happen? I didn't know. I had no part of that, so I'm sorry. But I will go ahead and, and say this. You know, I have a little wager up there with the worship team who's going to be the next one to have kids. And I honestly, I have not been wrong yet because I called Rebecca. Then I said, Chase, Pastor Mark was standing right there. So I guess he just caught a piece of that prophecy right there. But Rebecca's going to be the next one. Just throwing that out there. I know it's, it's not an announcement, but I'm just saying I didn't say it's going to happen tomorrow. She's not going to be pregnant tomorrow. But I think she's going to be the next one. At least I hope she's the next one. If anybody else besides Chase up there is pregnant, I have questions that require answers. Because <laughs> listen, three of us, three of us up there are single. And if there's kids coming, we, we need to have a talk with Pastor Mark, like immediately. I just got way off <laughs> Again, but like I said, there is power in your words. So you have to be careful with what you say. I learned that the hard way. Take my advice. And if anybody else is pregnant, God tells me, I'll let you know. But the words you speak shape the world that you live in. And the thing is, is that, as I mentioned, just the power of God's word and the fact that just him speaking it, makes it has to come makes it have to come to pass once you begin to declare the word of god in your life not just say it but declare it saying it and declaring it are two different things i can say you know by his stripes we're healed but when i declare it that's something completely different by his stripes we are healed and that when you declare it, there tends to be like a passion behind it and so what that is, is, you know, once you begin to declare the word of God in your life, not just say it, but declare it, then it builds a, a, uh, a belief. It begins to build a strength on the inside. And the thing is, is that believing in something isn't a mind thing. That's something that we tend to go around thinking that when you believe in something, you know, it's a mental thing. But having a belief in something or in someone is a heart issue. That's a heart matter. And so... God, here's the thing I love about God. God changes your heart also while you're on this Christian journey. And so when you believe in something, you're putting your entire hope and your trust in it. And so here's what I love. When you fully put all your hope and your trust in God, it's like you give him access not only to your heart, but you begin to give him access to your arms to work through you you begin to give him access uh to your life and i know pastor mark loves to say you know allowing god to work through you and i love that i absolutely love that and so going on to proverbs chapter 3 verses 5 and 6 
It says, trust in the Lord with all your heart and do not lean on your own understanding. In all your ways, acknowledge him and he will straighten your path. And so, like I said, when you fully trust and put all your hope and trust in God, it's like you give him access to your heart. You give him access to your legs. You give him access to your heart because that opens up the window for him to work through you. And you, it's like you give him access to your legs because he begins to order your steps. He begins to take you places that you never in your life probably would have ever thought that you would go. Like, honestly, this right here, what I'm doing right now is something that I never thought I would do <laughs> because it's just, growing up, I grew up in a Pentecostal church, so the preaching that I see nowadays is completely different from the preaching that I've grown up singing, seeing. The, I will admit, the preaching that I grew up seeing was kind of entertaining because they would get into it, they would get energetic, and not only would they get energetic, it would be entertaining because, you know, they would start to do what I call like a melodic preaching. And what that is, is, is that, you know, when they start to feel the spirit, they start to feel their help. They'll start preaching like this. <laughs> then when the word gets good to them, they'll go something along the lines of, I don't know. They'll start to be a little bit like, I know God is going to work it out. By his stripes, we are healed. And then once, if I, have, I wish Tommy was up here, giving me a little bit of instrumentation in the back, then I could show you what they would really do. Because then when they get into it, they start to add extra stuff to it. They start to be like, I don't know what God is going to do, but he's about to do something. I believe in the word of God. Do you believe in the word of God? Yeah, yeah. Preachers that don't sing start singing, and it doesn't always sound great. But then another thing that they do is they start and this bothers me as a musician and someone that works in sound. They hold the mic like this and they get into it and start to beat on the podium or whatever. And they begin to, to preach like this. And uh, it's going to rain sometimes. But how many of you know that we need the rain to water the ground? We need the rain to water the seeds that God has placed in our hearts. Uh, and it's going to grow and begin to produce fruit. Uh, and how many of you believe that people are going to get that fruit? And through you, the seed of God is going to be planted in their life. Uh, and they're going to go through some rain as well. But I wish I had a witness tonight that would help them believe that the rain is there for a reason. And that is not me. <laughs> yeah, I, I, I practice that at home, okay? <laughs> Listen, I knew once I got up here, I was going to be nervous and I was going to forget something, so I practiced that at home. But, like, I never in a million years thought that I would be up here like this. Like, I've spoken before, but it was only like a small group of folks, just like a, a, a little like young adult meeting or something like that. This is the biggest crowd I've ever spoken in front of. So I'm a witness that when you fully put all your heart, all your hope and trust in God, it gives him access to you. It gives him access to your arms to do things that you might not ever thought that you would do. You know, Jesus said that, you know, there's going to be greater works God wants to do those greater works. And not only do you give him access to your arms, it's like you give him access to 
your legs because he leads you to places that you probably wouldn't be able to get to by yourself. You probably would not be able to get to on your own. He puts you in front of people that if you did not have the favor of God on your life, you probably would not ever have the opportunity to be there. And so, yeah, I'm trying not to be long-winded. I'm keeping an eye on my on my time because, you know, the saying goes, blessed are those that are short and uh, short-winded. But um, I just want to wrap everything up. And if you notice, like I said, the title of my message tonight is The Anatomy of a Believer. If you notice, I went through different aspects of our physical body. It starts with the mind, when we make that decision to follow Christ. And from that point, we have to begin to take those thoughts captive and hold them up against the word of God. And if they contrast with the word, they have to come down against the word. Amen. And from that, you have to study to show yourself approved. You can't tear down the thoughts if you don't know what God says about them. So we have to get into the word and recognize God's voice, which plays our ears. Recognize his voice, spend time with him to hear what he says. And after you begin to hear what God says, you begin to see things differently. You begin to see your situations differently. You begin to see people differently. Folks that you probably don't even like, you all of a sudden start to feel compassion for them. You begin to, instead of wanting to argue with them, you just want to pray for them. You just want to love on them. And so it starts with the mind, studying God's word, learning his voice. And from hearing his voice, his voice changes what you see. And as it changes what you see, it starts to change what you say. As it changes what you say and what you begin to declare, you start to believe it in your heart. And once you believe it in your heart, that opens up every other aspect of life for you through your arms and through your limbs for God to move. And so tonight, um, if you don't get anything, if you haven't gotten anything from anything that I've said tonight, I just want you to walk away with this. Know God's voice. If you haven't gotten to the point where you see things differently, if you haven't gotten to the point where you can, you know, comfortably declare things over your life, at least know God's voice. And I say that because once you know God's voice, that's when everything else starts to change. When you know his voice, you know what he says. When you know what he says, you know how to see things. When you know how to see things, you know what to speak. And when you know what to speak, you know what to believe. And when you know what to believe, or should I say who to believe in, God does amazing things. It's like I I wrote down, when you truly believe in God, watch what he does and hang on for the ride. Because it's going to be a ride. It is absolutely going to be a ride. And there's going to be times where you don't feel like you're going to make it. You don't feel like, oh, this is going to work out. I don't know what to do. But the thing is, is that it's not our job to try to figure out what to do. And that's something else that I, I, if you can't tell, I am a hard learner. That is something else that I had to learn the hard way. It's not my job to figure out what to do. It's my job to hear what God says It's my job to see it through a lens of faith. It's my job to declare God's word over every situation so that he can move, so that I am open up 
enough for God to move. Because when we're faced with something, it's like we kind of close up a little bit. But tonight, I invite you. Learn the voice of God. And that's more than just, you know, hearing someone speak on a Sunday morning or on a Wednesday. That's actually taking time out of your day. Getting up earlier if you have to. Staying up a little bit later if you have to. But getting into the word of God. And I promise you, your life is going to change. I am a witness to that. Just within the past few weeks. Like, what happened Sunday... I can't really explain it. Like I've been getting back more into the word because I will admit this whole quarantine and uh, pandemic and all this stuff, you know, sitting at home, it made me, you know, take inventory of my spiritual life of my walk with God. God revealed some things to me. And that's a part of where this message came from through personal experience. God revealed some shortcomings in my life. And one of the things that he said to me was, how do you, expect how can you follow me if you don't know me how can you follow me if you don't have a relationship with me you don't know me if you don't have relationship relationship if you don't talk to me if we don't speak if you don't know my voice you will be led by anybody and so like I said tonight if you don't get anything else from my word from my message excuse me it's God's word if you don't get anything else from my message Learn God's voice. Begin to recognize God's voice. And so tonight I was wondering, like, how how do I close this? I was talking to God, like, okay, God, you said all this. Like, how am I supposed to to close this? And he told me to close it the way I've always seen messages closed, with an invitation. So if anything that I've said applies to you, if anything that I've said shown you that, you know, there's an area in your area in your life where you need God to move, you need God to work things out. You know, you can stand to your feet if you want to. Um, Let's pray for you. Let's pray about it. And the thing is, there's nothing to be ashamed of, nothing to be afraid of, because the thing is, is that we all go through the same battles. Just some of us are brave enough to admit it in public. We all go through the exact same battles, the same fights. It's just some of us are good at hiding it. Some of us are good at putting a smile on our face. Some of us are good at singing the right notes, even when we're hurting, even when we feel lost. And so... Everybody stand on your feet. We're getting ready to close. So if that's you, I'm not going to call you out because the thing is, one, I don't know. I don't know you. And two is that if God is already tugging on your heart, you know who you are. And I'm not going to put you on the spot like that. I'm not going to embarrass you. But there's everybody all over the building. Let's just bow our heads. And if that is you tonight, well, you know what? Matter of fact, let's just all repeat this prayer. Father God, we come to you tonight submitting ourselves, Lord. Every shortcoming, every area of fault, Lord, we give it to you. Show us what to do, Lord. 
Tell us where to go, God. We want to follow you, Lord. Even through the storm, even through the rain, we know and we trust you. Father God, every area where we're lacking, we give to you, God. Fill us up. Teach us, Lord. Speak to us, Lord. Change us, God. And we will forever give your name all the glory, all the honor, and all the praise. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Thank you for taking the time to listen to our podcast today. We trust you received a word from God. If you enjoyed this teaching, be sure to subscribe to our podcast in iTunes. By subscribing, you'll be sure to receive a new message every week as soon as they are made available. And if you'd like to learn more about Anchor Faith Church, you can stop by our website at anchorfaithbaldosta.com. There you'll find our locations and service times, ministries that are available for you and your family. You can even give financially in support of the ministry. Thank you again for listening, and we look forward to seeing you next time right here on the Anchor Faith Church podcast.